Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with founder Lou Weiss. We're going to be talking about the Institute for Supply Management's Manufacturing Report on Business with committee chair Tim Fiore. Tim, thanks for joining us. Yep, good to be here, guys. So we're going to be interested because the number didn't go up. So we want to know where we're where we're all at. I, the economy doesn't feel that bad. <laughs> we're all scratching our heads. Yeah, <laughs> you tore all your hair out. <laughs> all right. So there, there's good stuff in this report, and then there's not so good stuff. So let's take the good stuff first. I'd rather talk about that. So the first good thing is production was flat to September. That's really good. You know, given the dynamics that we've been dealing with. And generally, if you look back over the last three or four months, it's been pretty stable. Output has been stable. Now, I'm using that as a surrogate for, for revenue. Uh, there's talk about people building inventory. I'm not really getting a lot of comments that support that. But, you know, with a 4% Q3 GDP, Part of that is attributed to the building up of the inventory. I'm not sure why anybody would be doing that at this point, but okay. So, you know, our revenue side was pretty good. This is all on output. The second element of output employment that I include in the uh, production piece came down. 47, is it? Yeah, hold on. Let's see. Yeah, 40, 47. Good, good. So as we've talked about with your listeners over the last few months, Back in May, uh, I've, I've been tracking the uh, higher to force manage ratio for about a year. Back in May, uh, we saw a larger amount of layoffs being used to get headcount down compared to the prior periods. And that was, you know, as we're getting ready to close the first half of the year. And then in June, July, and August, you know, the, most of the respondents to get headcounts down to a lower level, lower, uh, they used first attrition. And then last month, it was indications that freezes were used more prevalent. So attrition is the slowest way, but you know if you have a high quits rate, that attrition can work pretty quickly. If you don't have enough people quitting, so you can't get to a lower headcount through attrition, then you freeze, which means nobody can hire without me approving. And then the worst case is you lay off, and that means immediate. It's the most expensive, but it gets you there right away because you do the write down and you move on. So in the month of October. 52%, 53% of the actions to get headcount down were layoffs. And we also dropped to a 1.3 to 1 higher to force manage ratio. And it had been 2 to 1 for the prior 2 to 3 months. So, I mean, we're almost splitting hairs, but it's almost a 50% improvement or 50% degradation of optimism here between hiring and keeping people. So, but I think the, the positive here is that that lower employment number, although it hurt the PMI, is a good thing. We're carrying too many people. We're getting ready to close the year. We're, get, we're planning on 2024. And I think right now it kind of feels that people are going to say that the second half of this year was probably worse than the first half of the year. The first half of next year is going to probably be worse than this half, the second half of 2023. And that you know recovery is going to show up in the second half of 2024. So that's kind of what the narrative seems to be developing. And if that's the case, you're going to let people go because you're not going to hold them for 10 months. It's not going to happen. So, all right, makes sense. You know, release the people. Uh, you know, we don't want to see profit go in brackets. We don't want to see red. We don't want to see negatives. 
So if you know if you can't, this is this isn't the European system where the government pays you to hold on to them for two years. This is a you know labor market that's very fluid, and we worked hard to hire the people. The fact is, it's time to probably let the lower performers go. And we'd all talked a while ago about how many people did we bring on, and are they really equivalent to 2019's one head? And you know, we we talked about the training and the work ethic and people not showing up and people going home in the middle of the day, mental health issues, not to make light of that, but you know. So so I think the whole employment thing is a good thing. I think the output side was good for the month. Uh, hopefully it'll stay that way uh, as we close the year. The input side was, it's fine. I mean, we're still delivering slower, but not as slow as we were the prior month, which is hard to, this is hard to talk about. But once we get above 50, we're definitely delivering slower. And, and that's a good thing. And that's a reflection really of either the suppliers de-staffing where they don't have the headcount to support the demand or the demand overwhelming the current staffing structure so they can't deliver fast enough. So that's a good thing. I still think before the year's over, we're gonna get awfully close to a 50 on the supplier side, maybe Q1. And then the last element that goes into the input side that I, I really keep a, well, I keep a close eye on not only the manufacturing inventory, but also the prices. So manufacturing inventory really came down. I think that's probably a hangover from Q3. And because we always struggle here with the end of the quarter because you know supply chain people really don't know what that month's inventory is until the month closes. So, you know, we, we might be seeing really an end of September number here, but you know, my feeling is that we're gonna see that number get above 45 uh, in, in November. So so it's an anomaly. Okay, that's fine. It's not a it's not a structural long-term issue. We've we've come a long way here with manufacturing inventory being so low. Uh, it's it's a really a good thing from a liquidity standpoint. So then let's talk a little bit about prices. Okay, prices uh, still declined, but not as fast. And uh, we, you know, we had the energy markets kind of intervene, uh, higher oil. Uh, we've got a lot of commodities now in transition between up and down, and they're coming from down and they're going to up. So that may not be a good thing. You know, if I was the Fed, I'd probably be a little bit concerned about that. I want to see prices going down and continuing to go down. The fact that they might be plateauing and maybe going back up is not a good thing as far as the Fed's concerned. And, you know, I think 45 is fine, but, uh, I, you know, we're probably going to stay below 50 uh, before the year's over, but, you know, we'll probably hang in that 45 to 49 range. So overall, not a bad report. Issue seems to be new orders. You dig into the new orders, and I think I mentioned this to you guys before the call, it's all computer electronics, fabricated metal products, and machinery. Now, the fabricated metal products piece uh, supports capital equipment, machinery in a big way, transportation equipment, that's capital equipment. Uh, but it, it's also, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big automotive feeder. So there may have been a combined effect here of capital being held back as well as automotive being held back because of the strikes. But machinery for sure and computer electronics, they're, they're huge capital uh, supply activities. So when people are investing in the future, they're buying computers, they're buying machinery. That's that's a that's a rule of thumb. So to see those have new orders down in the low 30s, that kind of says that people are a little bit uh, cautious about committing to expanding uh, their current capability, refreshing it. Uh, you know, given the fact that interest rates are so high, and that you know borrowing money is much more expensive. And, and the future is still so uncertain 
and lead times are still so long, they're waiting for lead times to come down, prices to collapse, a little bit more surety about the future before people re-up on the capital stuff. So and I, I think we talked a little bit about this. This is going to be a good forecast. Our forecast comes out on the 15th of December. We're going to ask them how they did on capital and what they plan on doing on capital in 2024. And I, I think you're going to see numbers uh, possibly even negative on capital for 2024. One of your responders happened, happened to be from the fabricated metal uh, sector is talking about a mild industry recession. I haven't heard that word much over the last couple of months. Well, we're we're in a manufacturing recession. We have been for twelve months. So, uh, oh. yeah. Well, we've been contracting for twelve months. I think contracting equals, yeah. in my mind, anyway. I mean, maybe it's not technically, but as far as I'm concerned, when we're we're contracting, we're receding. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about that. I don't think I talked about that earlier. We've had about six contraction cycles in the last 20 years. The longest was the Great Recession, 18 months, under 50. Now that stands to reason you know, we had structural, fundamental problems with systems, with companies. People had to be bought, absorbed, restructured. The you know, federal government was actively involved in a whole bunch of stuff. That, that one is no big surprise. It's 18 months from the beginning to the recovery. All the others, the other four or five, were five months, five to six months. We're now 12. So, you know, here we go again. So, you know, first, again, this, this pandemic has got another first here. So, you know, first, we were, we were receding before the pandemic hit, then bam, off the cliff we went. And then before you knew it, somebody was throwing us back in the ballgame. Within three months, we're recovering. Grow, 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 over order, over order, over order. We're 14 months now into contracting new orders. That is huge. Talk about the over ordering effort. And that's why the new order level still in computers is under is in low 30s. So we over over ordered, over ordered, built a backlog, probably record backlogs at one point. And that, you know, 12 months later, backlog's been contracted for 13 months. 13 months, we're still working off a backlog shocking so you know first still i mean we're still the pandemic is still driving first when you mess up with the nat when you mess around with the natural order you don't know what to expect and this is kind of where we're at so i still think we're in the trough this is lower than i thought i would have defined the trough last month trough to me was 48 to 52 all right we're close to 47 okay i don't see us continuing to degrade unless the Fed sees something in all the economics that says, okay, we really got to step on the neck of this monster. And then, okay, the, not only will capital be constrained, but the entire forecast for 2024 will be constrained. I don't see any of that happening at present, but uh, yeah, that's kind of where, that's kind of where it's at. It's, what do you think about the interest rate, the Feds? Well, I think he's, he's reporting out today, I think, right? Today, the day, today or tomorrow. Yeah. Um, the consensus is there's not going to be any movement, but you know they've been saying higher for longer. What is that higher? I think that I think that's still yet to come. I mean, look, I just I just mentioned that on the prices side, we've got stuff up and stuff down, and we're in a transition from stuff down going up. That's not a good sign. And and I think you know the the Fed's probably been looking at significant amount of uh, an unemployment increase. 
So you either increase the amount of people looking for jobs or you cut the amount of jobs. Either one of those raises the unemployment level. So, and we haven't gotten there yet. So there, you know, I think they're still waiting in order to be able to safely say we beat the monster. I think they're looking for significant amounts of layoffs because when you have layoffs, you automatically crush demand because people don't go out and speculate on want to haves and like to haves when, when they're not sure if they get the paycheck the next day. So, and we just haven't had that. It hasn't been large scale. Not that it won't come. Uh, I still don't think, I think a uh, soft landing, we can still get there. Uh, but you know, it's, well, this was a disappointing report from a demand standpoint. I, yeah, I think I could easily talk my way to a 47 and a half, but even then I was expecting 48 to 52. So I, I still think we'll hit 50 before the year's over, but that's probably a 60, 65% chance. It is interesting to me, Tim, that typically manufacturing in this kind of a down cycle leads the country into a recession. And when it pops above 50 for a while, it leads the country back out. But GDP has not reflected that. And there's another anomaly in GDP. It appears that the news media doesn't like the nominal number anymore, 2.1, 1.3. And they've shifted to something the Atlanta Fed is putting out called real GDP or GDP now. So third quarter, they reported 4.9% GDP growth which for the United States that averaged 3% nominal would be a fantastic number. So we're seeing very high GDP numbers in the positive range and in manufacturing, it may be another first. It's not leading us into a recession. Yeah. Well, that's, that's Tim, that's why I kind of watched the 45 or less. So let, let's talk about that. So, uh, you know, the real number is 43 or less. Anything 43 or less is really concerning. But you know, rather than look at the 43, okay, let's 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 look at warning signs 45. And uh in the month of September, only seven percent of manufacturing was contracting at 45 or less. Uh in the month of uh October, it's 37%. So we keep whipsawing. And the reason we're whipsawing is I mean, computer electronics is 16% of manufacturing uh GDP. So if you subtract that from the 37. You're already at 22, you know, so that's a huge amount. And you throw in machinery in there, you throw in fabricated metal products. I think all three of those are under 45. And there you have the difference between September and October. So, I mean, fabricated metal products might come back now that the uh, automotive guys are back up and running. That might not stay down. Uh, but machinery, I don't see machinery recovering quickly here. Not, not until there's more confidence in the, the forecast for the future. And, you know, Computer electronics, although we struggle and struggle and struggle with getting chips and things, that industry is hurt. It's hurting. And it has been hurting for a long time. So, uh, which is shocking. I, I I don't know that I can fully explain it all in a short period of time here. It, it probably takes a deep study. But, you know, here they are investing hundreds of billions of dollars in new micro. Well, computer electronics is more than just microelectronics. I guess that's the... That's the bottom line here. And we're coming off of 5G. You know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff at the higher end of computer electronics that has kind of slowed down. You know, the, uh, the electric car has a lot of electronics on it now. And so there's a transition going on there. But 
if we could see computer electronics come back to a 51, 53 growth, that would change everything here. So let's look at that. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, hopefully before my time is done on this, uh, in this assignment. <laughs> We're now 12 months, 12 months. I, you know, geez. And the, and the average is six. Wow. Right. And the longest was 18. So it's going to be interesting to see how far this goes. Yeah. This, this, this nowhere near matches the, the issues around the great recession. So, no. so there's, there's five things that I've been watching to, for recovery. The first one is uh, chemical products. And is it on a recovery cycle? I call that a green. I've called it a green for three months now. It's it's not a 50 plus, but it's not a 45 or less. So, okay, so it's it's recovering. It's, it's an aggregator. It sees all of the demand at the lowest levels of the bill of material coming from all the other industry sectors. That's why I'm watching chemicals. Right now, I'd say that's good. The, the percent under 45, I'd say right now is not good. That's another one I'm watching. That's not good. But we seem to be cycling because we've got these big hunks and it's you're either in or you're out. There's a little bit of on, off. That is, okay, fine. I remember, I'm using this as an indicator. The third thing is uh, the higher to fire ratio. It was positive this month, 1.3 to 1 versus 2 to 1 last month and 2 to 1 the prior month. I think that's positive. I think destaffing is positive right now because carrying extra people just adds the inventory, it adds the bloatedness, it, and it reduces profitability. You, you can't you can't wish your way to uh, recovery here. Demand is going to be there, or it's not. If it's not, you got to take action. We've waited long enough, and I think so. I think that's a positive thing. The third one is is transportation uh, uh, disruptions. Where is it when it starts to show up? That I know it's like chemicals. I know there's all kinds of activity going on. People are trying to rush stuff through and. There's more coming than was there the prior month. There's hardly a peep around transportation disruptions. There's a little bit of noise in October compared to the last six months, but not enough to even really talk about. So when that starts to get noisy, then we'll kind of, that, that's a good positive thing. And the, the last one I watch is lead times. Now our lead time numbers aren't showing it, but the comments are definitely supporting the fact that lead times are coming down, but they're not down at the trough level. They're still 20% higher than trough levels. And, and we've already come through a cycle. We've come through a decline and we're seeing prices now go up. So those lead times are still too long. But I, I'm calling that green because they're much better than they were a year ago. Without a doubt. One of the things that uh, we're experiencing in, in the forging area uh, regarding all metals and forge group is that the forge forging industry per se still has very long lead times and um you know to see an eight to ten week delivery like we have uh you know we're getting the benefit of seeing um except for this month seeing a, a fair uptick in business because a lot of the other shops are out 15 weeks some are 20 weeks um uh, and it, that's that's problematic yeah, well, yeah, forgings, castings have always been known to be long lead. Yeah. So, so Lou, is it the access to raw material or is it the capacity within your own shop? What is, what is it? It well, it's both. It's both. Uh, the the steel industry per se is uh, cooking with steel, uh, not to be punny, 
but uh, they have long lead times. Their prices uh, have started to come down, uh, but people are people are buying. So that you have the long lead time. So you have long lead time. And let's say in regards to the Ford shops, you have long lead time. They're waiting for material to get into production, and uh, that's still problematic. Yeah, yeah. In most cases. Yeah, for me, I mean, the, the four big things, castings, forgings, gears, and bearings, the, to me, those define long lead. And yeah. they always show up, and they're always a problem. Uh, actually, we were at the um, the Motion and Power Technology Expo last week, which was the former gear expo. And uh, everybody's busy. Everybody's busy, uh, you know, with, with the making of gears. Um, the Ford shops are busy. There were about five or six of us that were there. Uh, we did uh, uh, we did about twelve or fourteen interviews, which you can all watch on YouTube probably tomorrow. Um, but it's uh, very busy. Everybody's happy. That's good. So, Tim, are you looking for an above 50 PMI by the end of the year or near about? I'm still hopeful. Yeah, I'm still hopeful. Not as much as I was last month, but I'm still hopeful. It could be, it could be there. You know, what do you what do you think might drive it above? Well, you know, I I, I think the new order no, number's got to come up. It's got to hit 48. You know, 48 would be supportive. Okay, that's good. New order uh, the production number 51. You know, no more than 52. Uh, employment is still going to stay low. I'm expecting that to be 45, 44. So we're going to offset that. Supply delivery, 49.50. Inventories, manufacturing inventories, 48. That that'll that will that'll get us to 50. And that's not without beyond the realm of possibilities here. Because remember, we measure month to month. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think the I think the inventory number is a uh, it's a low risk. I think November, you'll see that inventory number definitely get over 45, maybe 46. Um, supplier delivery number is probably going to inch up again because we don't have overwhelming demand. So 47.7 this month, probably 49 maybe next month. Uh, production, like I said, 50, 52. Employment, 44, 46. New order level, 45, 48, 47, 48. I think that gets us close to 50. But, you know, I'm still thinking 4852. I, I think we could still see 50 before we close. When when does the post the holiday season ordering kind of kick in? I'm assuming you know if you want something in a retail store, you ordered it months ago. You're not ordering it now. Yeah. Well, so okay, with respect to manufacturing? Yes, with respect we, to manufacturing, when is the the post-holiday season traditionally kick in. Is it wait till January or do we see it now? No, we're, no. You know, it's, it's, it's January, it's post-January. But, but, you know, it depends on the product. If you're, you know, sure. you know, a lot of people are laying in orders now. They get their business plan done. November, they, they get it approved by the boards. Then they go and they place orders. You know, especially capital. Capital is going to flow in November, you know, based on the board approval. Uh, you know, you want to kind of reload for January. You know, most companies, serial production anyway, work on a calendar year. It's you know it's January through December. Uh, as, as you guys know, December December is not a huge 
It's not a huge um, uh, activity month, but we adjust for that through the seasonal adjustment factors. So, you know, I would say probably somewhere, uh, yeah, I, I think we're done for the holiday period. So I'm not really seeing, yeah, probably February. Yeah, could be. Lou, how does it feel to you? Uh, I feel that uh, I'm looking at uh, the beginning of the year, actually, as uh, a major uptick for us. Um, I think that the uh, the forging industry is, uh, uh, their deliveries are, there's no reason why their deliveries are going to go down. Uh, because they're so backlogged now um, that it's going to take a while to work off that backlog. I mean, our backlog is, uh, has been consistent for this entire year. We haven't had any dips, no spikes, no dips. It's been the same number straight through. So uh, I think that we probably represent pretty much uh, what the industry is doing. I don't think that we're going to be that much different. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to uh, 2024. Um, I, I think it, you're going to see the 50 starting, as you pointed out, in uh, hopefully in uh, uh, December. Uh, where else is it going to go? The January, February, March period of the year is, in my mind, is the beginning of a new marketing era. So right. you're going to go from 50. You're not, I don't think you're going to go down. You've got two weeks in January where people are still uh, uh, recovering from their hangovers. But, uh, you know, get back to work come the 15th of the month and it goes straight through till May. At least my... It's your view. Well, Tim, it's going to be interesting to see how it happens because they say that manufacturing has been below 50 now for 12 months. We have not seen a recession. Maybe we'll have a soft landing and maybe it'll be a touch and go. But thank you for joining us and sharing the ISM report with us again. Uh, by the way, this is November 1st and in three days we will complete our 10th broadcasting year, which began with the ISM Manufacturing Report on Business. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, I want to thank you and ISM for all those years and all that information. And um, has your size changed yet, you know, for the yellow jacket? I don't think so. Not yet. All right. <laughs> it's, it's been written down, so you never know. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for helping us get the word out to the community for sure. Uh, you know, we take this really seriously as a representative of all the panel members. We really appreciate the, uh, the outlet here to get out to as many people as possible. Um, because you know, what we do, I think helps people decide where they're headed in their jobs and, and personally. So thanks for your participation in all this. Thank you much. And we enjoy it. Okay. And for all of those who have been watching Manufacturing Talk Radio, if you're on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. If you're on a podcast platform where you're just listening, subscribe to that as well and come visit us at mfgtalkradio.com. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being with us. Okay. Thanks. And don't, for, and don't forget to hit, hit the like button, the subscribe button, and the share button. Right. We, we appreciate that. Thanks all. Thanks everybody. Good November. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, 
please like and subscribe, share on social media, or leave a review. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Rumble, or your favorite podcast app. Visit us online at mfgtalkradio.com for our other episodes. We have also included links to our advertisers below. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.